Most of you know we took a trip. Ann and I and Courtney jumped in uh, our car two Sundays ago, or three Sundays ago actually, and headed to Illinois. Uh, the first day, we left here about noon. Well, we actually left here about 11 or so. We picked Courtney up at noon. She was doing worship in uh, Revive Reserve. And we picked her up about noon, took off. And we got to uh, South Dakota at about midnight. So that was a little bit of, to start the day off and uh, start the trip off. The next day was a 14-hour drive to Rockford, Illinois. So two really long days, and uh, I was pretty tired already. We did get some much-needed downtime at Ann's mom's house. We spent a couple of days there. And then we headed to Growing Families International comp, uh, Conference slash Camp. And if you have four days, if you've ever been at a conference, it's four days long. It's, it's event after event speaking after speaking. Um, it was four days. We were getting up about 6.30. Breakfast was at right. You had to be there at 7.30 or you didn't get, didn't get fed. Uh, the session started at 8.30. Ann and I spoke at one session, um, and it went really well. And then Courtney and I spoke at another session. But it was four days of back-to-back-to-back and going to bed at 10.30, 11, and getting back up at 6.30. And I know, like Russ would say, wimp. You know, he does that every, every, yeah, that's normal for him. <laughs> so, but it was, it was pretty, t- it was, that's right, it was pretty tiring. Uh, and then we went to Oklahoma where we drove nine hours, got there about midnight, got to bed. I was supposed to work the next morning, shoot some video with a friend of mine, but it was 103 degrees that day. So I thought, you know what, hey, we should spend some time talking about what we're going to shoot, <laughs> planning this out. Let's do some pre-production. So we had a pre-production day. And Ann and I actually ran some errands. We uh, unfortunately still have some rental houses down there that uh, we had to kind of look at and uh, be praying for that because we're trying to to get those sold. Those called they've caused a financial burden on us ever since we've been up here. But anyway, the next two days I was getting up at five, working all day, going to bed about ten thirty, and I was getting tired. We're getting tired. So Wednesday we were going to come home and. at first, we thought, well, we'll just drive to Denver. That's nine, ten hours. That'll be fine. Well, we ended up driving to Casper, which was about 13 or 14 hours. And then the next day, we came all the way home. So 1,650 miles in two days. Uh, we drove 4,100 miles altogether. And uh, it can get tiring. It can get really tiring. And I understand that that's just a story about a trip. But how many of our lives are like that? How many of our lives are just constant going, where you're just getting up and you're going and you're putting the time in, you're doing those long days, you're just, you're trudging for it, you know, your goal might be Denver, but you're going to Casper, you know, you're putting that extra time in, and you get tired, you grow weary, you grow weary, Um, especially summer, I think summer, I mean, how many know that summer break or summer vacation is kind of an oxymoron, right, (laughs) summer break, really? Do we get a summer break? All these, I'm telling you, college kids, they got it great. I would never want to go back to college, but I would love to have that schedule. I'd love to have that schedule. So, Kathleen, you were a teacher for many years. You got, did you get a break during the summer at all as a teacher? No. See? See, it's an oxymoron. They said you get a summer break, but no, she was, she was doing something else. She was preparing for the next year. You're always going. We're always going. So, I've seen, the other day I was 
I was online and an ad for a travel travel came up and this guy's sitting in one of those Adirondack chairs on the beach and he's got his bottle of beverage of choice there <laughs> and and the waves are coming in the palm trees and I'm going oh that's what I need right that's what I need I need a break but but we don't get that do we I mean how many have seen the pictures of the guy in the hammock by the mountain lake how many people have had an opportunity to do that anybody anybody oh bob says he has you know well bob you can you can leave now no just kidding <laughs> no. that's right that's right we get one day a year so there's so many times where summer break we usually go harder you know summer is usually a harder you know even though the kids are out of school but the, we're trying to press it put as much in as we can it's funny in the south you've got really hot weather in the summer actually it's funny in the north you lose weight in the summer because you're going so hard because you're doing stuff in the south you actually gain weight in the summer because i stayed in the air conditioner all summer long (laughs) and in the fall we'd get out and do stuff but but you try to put so much into summer here because of of the amount of time that you have and it was we were in staff meeting on tuesday and cameron oliver is from south africa he's our youth pastor and Cameron just came off a fair, so obviously he's tired anyway. Of, of he was heads up the fair booth there um, for revive, but he made a comment. He was like, "Summers are, they're just full here. They're just busy, you know." And he just couldn't get over how busy summers can be and how weary you can get during the summer. How many can admit that life is like that and can be like that? all year long unfortunately so moms you know the time you know the times when the laundry's backing up the dishes are escaping the sink they're getting bigger you know the dishwasher's already full and you know you got to run it but you don't even have time to put the thing in the in the dishwasher and close the door and start it because guess what somebody's calling down the hallway and needs your help you know somebody needs a diaper changed or somebody needs something done you know it, it's it, there's so much to do and dad's you know, we've got work, you've got providing for the family, you've got coaching the kids' games, spending time with the kids when you get home. There's so much to do. All the maintenance around the house. I, I heard a guy say the other day that that we've become a nation of just maintainers. We have so many things that we just, we spend time maintaining things. Rick can attest to that. He's, I texted uh, Gail and Rick the other day and, and Rick doesn't even have time to text me back. Gail texts me back. And he says, he says, hi, he's working on a car, you know? So, so it's just the whole time, you know, our, our days are filled with, with maintaining stuff and working on stuff and working on relationships. So it, it you, we can get very weary very quickly. And I know that, that, uh, who of here has had God kind of assign them somebody to disciple or to pray with there's another thing that can add that can become wearisome a lot of times those people have addictions or they have things in their past that we need to help them through we need to help them by praying for them or or a family member that we're constantly praying for that have walked away from the lord or have troubles or have issues those can get can get really tiresome and get really weary when we're when we're trying to pray through those situations. So 
Let's take a look at what God says about those times when life just makes us weary, when we're just tired. Uh, Rick, and, Rick and Gail, they came in today, and I don't mean to pick on you guys, but you look so light and, and just, ah, because they've had three weddings that they've had to put on this summer, and the last wedding was last week's. So they're like, woohoo! <laughs> we're done, we made it through. Uh, Rick's broke, but he's, you know, he, he made it through. Made it through. That's right. That's right. They weren't, well, fortunately, they weren't all of their kids' weddings, but they helped out with three weddings. Uh, let's look at Galatians 6, 9 through 10. It says, I don't know if we'll have it up there or not. We, we're going to do the Amplified first. It says, Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. So then, while we, as individual believers, have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being, and especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, born-again believers. I like how the Passion Translation says it. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to your brothers and sisters in the family of faith. Obviously, growing weary is not a sin. It's not a sin to grow weary or to show weakness. God knew that if we depend on our own strength, though, that the world is going to put so much at us, throw so much at us, that we're going to become weary, that, we're going to be, that it's going to easily become disheartened. It's easy to grow weary in parenting and discipleship and praying for someone or, or even standing in faith for, for one of the promises that God's given us in the Bible. If you're continually praying or continually waiting, we can continue to become weary. Steve Wines writes, We must battle against becoming weary. Not the good kind of weary that is about muscle and bones, but the kind of weary that is layered and deep. The kind that comes from waiting and wanting and lacking. The kind of weary that comes when you work at something with all your heart and soul but you cannot see where it's going or what it is accomplishing. The kind of weary that sneaks up on you and settles over you, a thick blanket of weary where you can't see anything else. Now, I'm not going to go through seven points to successfully trim down your life and, 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 and make your schedule better, but if you find yourself with too much on your plate, you might need to do that. You might need to sit down and see what you can say no to. Sit down with your family and see where you can trim. But we're going to talk about what, it, what happens when you become spiritually weary. What happens when that kind of weariness that he talks about overtakes us. Our loving Father has the answer, and that's what's cool. Let's take a look at Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. It says, Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become tired or grow weary? There is no searching for his understanding. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who has no might, he increases power. Even youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings 
and rise up close to God like eagles, rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. You don't have to pull your boot, yourself up by the bootstraps. A lot of us guys have been told, you know, suck it up, buttercup. You know, you know when things get rough, we just gotta, we just gotta do it. You know, we just gotta pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. But that's not what this verse says. This verse says that if we grow weary, we need to wait on the Lord. We need to come to our loving Father, and He will give us strength if we're weary. If if you find yourself feeling weak or beat down, He says He will give you power. Here again, it emphasizes that we all grow weary at times. It says even the youths grow weary and tired. Vigorous young men stumble, badly even, it says. But if we will wait for the Lord, we will gain new strength, and He will renew our power. The Hebrew word for wait in this verse is... Okay, if I ever tell you a Hebrew word and pronounce it, don't, like... You probably should go look at actually the pronunciation, but I'm going to say it's it's kava. It's Q-A-V-A-H. And its meaning is rich. It's not just, doesn't mean just wait. It means, it means to eagerly look for something. It means to lie in wait for something, like you're going to ambush it when it finally comes. So you're just, you're waiting. You're just, you're expectant. It's not talking about enduring. So enduring something is totally different than waiting. Enduring is that you're just, you're trudging through. You're just lying there, taking what comes. You're just trudging through. You're you're, it, it's, it's that drudgery you're enduring. But to wait on the Lord means you're expecting Him to come through and to answer what you've been praying for. It's encouraging to us to wait expectantly for God, to help. If you're, wait, if you're, if you're working so hard as a mom to get to the heart of your child, that can become weary. You know, when that toddler, when you're just constantly correcting day in and day out, day in and day out on that toddler, and you're not seeing any results, that can become really weary. But you know what? If we wait on the Lord, if we ask the Lord, what do I do in this situation? And we wait on Him. You will see Him answer your prayers. My brother grows barley over in Fairfield, Montana. Now, he says all his barley goes to malt shakes. So... (laughs) quite sure i think fat tire beer buys it but um but anyway he grows barley and this has been a really really rough year for him uh usually they they put all their stuff in the bins from the year before you know when they harvest and then in february or so they haul the grain and he's got some you know he's got a break there between harvest and hauling and then between hauling and seeding he doesn't start seeding burning the seed until april and so he's had some breaks well it didn't happen this year he actually took on a building job in the winter. That took him through the whole winter. And then they didn't haul grain at all. And he, he planted, he started planting in April. But if you remember it, we had a lot of rain in May and June, or uh, April and May. Usually he's done seeding by about the 25th of April. He didn't finish until about the 25th of May this year. It was really rough. And then he had to start irrigating right away. And then they didn't, haul, they didn't start calling in the grain until about four weeks ago. So he was through irrigating, you know, which is that lifestyle. He gets up at like 4 in the morning and doesn't go to bed till 10. And, and he's got some breaks during the day when you're waiting for sets. But it's really tiring. 
And then when they started hauling grain, he had 75 loads, and they had to haul it from Fairfield to Fort Benton, which is about an hour and 20 minutes away through Great Falls, big trucks. And then as soon as he got done, the very next day, he started harvesting this year's crop. I mean, he is really tired. I was over there on Wednesday, and uh, he's tired. He's really tired. But what would happen if he just grew, grew weary and just stopped in the middle of harvest? He just said, I'm done. Peace out. You know, I'm going to wait. I'm going to take a rest. I'm going to just relax for a few weeks. Well, the problem is the harvest is going to go to waste, isn't it? And I think a lot of times us, as believers, when we're praying and believing for something, we start to grow weary and we start to grow weak and because we're depending on our own, our own strength. We're depending on our own strength. Instead of waiting on God and asking Him for strength, we're, waiting on our, or we're depending on our own strength and we start to grow weary. And right before the harvest, right before we can put that combine to that grain and put that grain in the bin, which is what's, what we're all looking for, that we grow weary and we stop. We give up. So I just want us to encourage us that if you find yourself looking at another school year, I know Buck and Jamie, the kids have already started soccer. Um, they've already started. You've got one in, so you'll have one in high school, right, this year, one in junior high. You'll have one in grade, well, two in grade school, right? One in grade school and then one in, in, at home, at home. So they've got the whole, <laughs> Well, gamut. <laughs> so, and I understand. I mean, when you're talking about kids in high school and junior high, two different teams, two different sporting events, two different nights. I mean, they're going to be running. They're going to be running and gunning. They already are. The first soccer game is when? Saturday. First soccer game. So, have they? You know, if they go into the school year and they're already weary, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So, it's going to be tough if you find yourself in a relationship that you've been praying for God's intervention, wait on the Lord. If you find yourself tired of serving or you're looking at what God's called you to do and it's, it's getting tough, you know, it, it, it gets tough as God, what God calls us to do, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy always. But he does say he's going to be there. He's going to be with us. And the verse, the, ver, the verse in Isaiah says that he will renew our strength. If we wait upon him, he will renew our strength. He'll give us energy. He'll give us the ability to do what he's tasked us to do. So if you're looking and thinking about quitting, if you haven't heard God release you from that service, don't quit, but wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. If God's called you to passionately pray for somebody or to disciple somebody, and it's getting wearisome because you just don't see any results, you don't, don't see the fruit, don't quit. Wait on God. Ask God, what, what can I do? Okay, give me strength, Lord. Help me not to do this in my own strength. So Joyce Meyer says that there's two ways that we can wait. One is passively and the other is expectantly. She writes, a passive person hopes something good will happen and is willing to sit around waiting to see if it does. After a short time, they give up, saying, that's it. I've waited and waited and nothing's happened. The passive person has a lot of wishbone, but not a lot of backbone. The expectant person, on the other hand, is hopeful, believing the answer is just around the corner, due to arrive any minute. That's that wait, that expectant. That word in Hebrew means you're expectant. His belief is not, passive, is not a passive thing. His heart is full of hope, 
expecting his problem to be solved at any moment. He wakes up every morning expecting to find his answer. He may wait and wait, but suddenly what he's been waiting for happens. If you remember the word wait in Hebrews, eagerly speaking, eagerly waiting, waiting for that to happen. But as you wait on God, he promises to give us strength if we're weary, to, weary, to increase our power, to renew our strength and to renew our power. If we wait on the Lord and trust him and look with confident expectation that he is going to answer our prayers, then we will walk and not grow weary. What should you do while you're waiting on God? A couple of things. You need to really get into your Bible. Get into the Word of God. I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing. When you're waiting on, when you're facing a trial, when you're facing something and you're growing weary, get into the Word of God. And I know it's tough. I, I know it's not easy. I know it's not light reading sometimes. And sometimes it can be reading where it's just dry. I mean, we've all been in that place where it's just like you're reading and you're just not seeing it. But ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, help, the, help me to understand. Bring this alive to me. Lord, show me what scriptures you have for me to encourage me. So that's the most important thing is to get into the Word of God. And, and, and read about His character, who God is. Read about what He thinks about you. Remember, we're a holy nation. You're a priest. You're God's special possession. I'm going to work that in every week. So, and do anything you can to get your eyes off the circumstances. Because I think that's the biggest thing. When we're, when we're battling a trial, when we're battling something, when we're in the thick of things, when the dishes are piling up and the laundry's piled up and the kids are screaming and crying, you know, and, and you just want to just Calgon, take me away. Yeah, anybody that laughed is older than what you should be. Um. Courtney, I'll explain that later, what that's all about. We'll look at it on YouTube. Um, but <laughs> when, you're, when you're ready just to just be taken away, it's hard to get your eyes on what God's promised, that he will renew your strength, that if you're weary, he'll give you power. It's hard because all you're doing is thinking about the circumstances. So that's why the word of God gets our eyes off the circumstances and gets it on God. And that's the most important thing when you are waiting. I want us to be a church that doesn't grow weary in doing good. My desire for us as a church family and as individuals to have the capacity to say yes when God says go. The problem is if we have too much on our plate and we're already weary, if God says, hey, I need you to go talk to that neighbor. I need you to go pray with that neighbor. I need you to do this, or I need you to do that. If we're already weary, we don't even have the capacity to say yes. So as a church, we need to be able to wait on the Lord and have that strength renewed so that when God says, do this, we can say yes. Because if we're already, if we're already maxed out, if we're already, ma- if we're already completely maxed out, we can't say yes. It's just going to put us over the top. It's going to make us more weary. So... I'm hoping that each of you can experience God's renewing strength, that he can increase your power, increase your faith as you wait on him. I want us to be different from the world, not to be weary in planting good seeds, but to continue with what God has called us to do, to do as a church and to do as individuals. So if you find yourself weary today, if you find yourself 
bogged down with the cares of the world or weary in something that you've been doing or something that you've been praying for or just everyday life, work, maintenance, the kids, <laughs> you can turn to God. You can ask God, hey, God, I need strength. I need strength. So I want to pray for you guys. If you guys are feeling weary, if you've uh, realized that summer break wasn't a summer break and you're going into fall and you're going, what happened? And I've got stuff to go. Um, just a second, Bob. That, uh, that I've got, you know, I've got a lot on my plate. You're, you're starting school. You're starting homeschool. You're starting uh, just a lot. I mean, fall can be a lot. You know, we've got to have time for hunting. I mean, you know, what are we going to, how are we going to find the time, you know? So if you find yourself weary, you can wait on the Lord. His promises are true. Like Carson said, he will plant you like a tree by the waters and you will not turn dry. Your fruit, you will always bear fruit. That's so important for us to be able to bear fruit. But that water is the Lord. Bob? That is, that is an excellent point, Bob. That is an excellent point. Because as we praise, we enter his presence. We invite him. We invite him to. And that praise can be like Carson said. It can be in the car on the way to work. Or it can be when you're in the shower. It can be anytime. It doesn't have to be necessarily a, a, a set time where you're in a certain prayer closet or you're in a certain room. It can be anywhere. So let's just pray. Father, we give you our weariness. We give you we give you our our daily tasks. We give you the things that you've called us to do. Lord, if there's anything in our life that you've not called us to do, I ask you that you'll help us to say no to that. And then, Lord, we ask you that we won't fill it up with other things but that we'll fill it up with time spent with you. Lord, help us to learn to wait. We're not good at waiting as Americans. We're not, look, we're not really good at, at sitting around and waiting. But Lord, we don't want to sit around and wait just to see if it comes. We want to have that ex- expectation that as we wait upon you, you will bring an answer, that you will provide what we're waiting for, that you will break through in that situation. So, Lord, give us strength. Lord, I ask you that you will give your people strength. That you will give them strength. That you will just renew them. You'll take away the weariness. You'll take away the weariness, Father. Lord, help us to wait on you. As we wait on you, give us strength and power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship for a little bit need prayer specifically about anything, please don't hesitate to come up. Ann and I'd love to pray for you. Let's just worship.